0: books get in the zone book of zone. I'm sorry. That's
1: gonna be oh oh I'm gonna (laughs) cut that make that the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, great. (laughs) This
0: is my legacy. (laughs) Welcome to Goodreads Better Friends. I'm Aisha. I'm Morgan.
1: And on this one, we're going to be talking about a free for all, I guess. Yeah, a free for all.
0: I think we both read. Is that fiction? Yes. Yes. I think we both read fiction, just kind of some books we've been reading.
1: Yeah, someone kind of thrust this book at me, and I was like, okay. And then I read it, and I was like, this is really (laughs) fabulous.
0: Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. (laughs) Do you listen? Do you listen to us yet? We're going to call you out by name every episode until you start listening to us. We like go to the poetry slam and wait for him to respond. (laughs) So please do that. Um, (laughs) We'll know once you've listened. We'll know. Alrighty then. Are we going to just dive into good news? Sure. I don't
1: have any good news. Me <laughs> all right. We're doing next. great. Let's see what's no. going on in the world. It's on fire. Yeah. All right. Know. Every other country is COVID-free except
0: America. Woo. And we're sending our kids back to school. And we're
1: not even allowed to go to Europe if we
0: wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all yeah, stuck here. Yeah. So everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm still happy that we all care about each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So anyways, yeah, that was a great, <laughs> exciting, optimistic way for us to start out. No, there's really nothing exciting there's happening. There's nothing going on. Nothing that's good. I'm sure there are a few things, but I haven't done my research for that.
1: Because mainly all you
0: see everywhere is all the bad things, so it's like, yeah.
1: I'm going to deactivate my yeah. Facebook
0: today. Yeah, my my anxiety has actually been uh, off the charts this yeah, week, yeah. so I have not been checking in much because it's been rough. So. It's
1: like every time I get on Facebook, it's negative, negative, mm-hmm. negative, mm-hmm. so I deactivate for the day, and then I come back and it's negative, negative, mm-hmm. so I deactivate mm-hmm. again. And it's just a spiral, mm-hmm. so,
0: yeah. Um, one of my very good friends and former room, uh, not roommates, one of my good friends and former co-workers just had a baby, and also my cousin just had a baby, which means my grandma just became a great grandma for the first time. So mm-hmm. there's some Sweet. good things. Yeah. Welcome to the world, little babies. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Maybe it'll be better once you're old enough to understand. I sh- certainly hope so. But I'm wishing the babies and their mommies well. I uh, love you guys.
1: Well. <laughs> you said I'm so sorry. It's going to be better. What? My friend Allison has, um, she's got a baby that's almost one, Violet. And she's adorable. Mm-hmm. Kid. And then Ethan, who I believe is five or six. Mm -hmm. and, um, we were talking the last time I saw her, which was pre-COVID. Wish I would have hung out with her more. And, um, I was just like, I am so sorry that you have to raise your kids in this world where there could be a school shooting and Ethan Mm -hmm. could be in danger. He's Mm -hmm. like, it's scary to send your kids to school these days. And then we have this This, uh, pandemic where people just don't want to wear a mask, people want to send their kids back to school because they're sick of their goddamn kids, Mm -hmm. when it's not even safe to go back, and Mm -hmm. I'm just, like, I'm so sorry, dude. Like,
0: it sucks. I could not imagine having a kid right now. No. It's too much. Kudos to all you parents out there. Seriously. Um, yeah, that's, like one of the many reasons I'm hesitant to even think about having kids is I don't know I don't know how I could raise them in this environment right now and
1: then I'm also like what kind of a future are we leaving them anyway yeah if there is a future you know what I mean we're just destroying also I'm just like
0: kind of emotionally fucked up in general and I really shouldn't be it would not be responsible for me to pass that on to to another human (laughs) 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 I haven't recovered from my traumas so I'm just gonna pass them on to the next one listen I
1: wouldn't even get into a relationship relationship right now yeah i definitely wouldn't have a
0: kid no it's too much let's be responsible guys (laughs) all right i'm gonna die with my bookshelves yeah (laughs) and our cats and um i have a lot of those too (laughs) so they keep me warm and comfortable and happy
1: (laughs) i remember being super offended when people when i was younger and people told me i was gonna be a cat lady and i'm like now i'm like i'd rather have a fucking cat i don't care whatever (laughs) it's too much Okay. Woohoo! So can I start with uh I was supposed to do my Stone Five fan cast on the last yeah. episode, but it didn't really fit with the poetry theme that we had. So I did I did a fan cast for Stone Five. Woohoo. It was very hard. <laughs> um I just take these
0: so seriously.
1: I Because <laughs> I'm like it has to be the perfect person. And there was actually one person I couldn't even find. Like I could not picture a single person for this character. This <laughs> character is Just the person that's exist. in your brain. Literally, yeah. uh, this person has no one. But Taryn is the main character. If you remember, I was thinking Megan Fox because Megan Fox kind of has that
0: badass vibe.
1: Yeah. She's very hot too. I saw her, a picture of her recently with uh, Machine Gun Kelly, which I don't understand that, but whatever. But uh, she had on, like, this leather jacket and these, like, black skinny jeans, and she just looks so badass. And I'm like, yeah, that's, her.
0: That.
1: That's, mm-hmm. her. <laughs> that's her. That's her. That's her. And then Jackson and Landon, which are the twins, um, the Property Brothers. <laughs> <gasps> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I
0: love them so much.
1: <laughs> Drex is Drew, and Landon is Jonathan. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> and then for Elder uh, David Castaneda Ooh. from uh, Yeah, the Umbrella yeah, Academy. Yeah, the Umbrella Academy. Yep.
0: Oh, he's hot too. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Rylan, Zoe Kravitz.
0: Ooh, she's beautiful.
1: Which I had thought about putting her as Taryn, but I felt like she she fit better with her look with Rylan. Mm-hmm. Um, Paxton, just because it sounds like such a basic white boy name, <laughs> Josh Duhamel. <DeMille. laughs> I don't know who that one is. Okay, uh, have you, you've probably never seen the Transformer movies. Uh, the Shia LaBeouf, question mark? Yeah, I mean, he's in them, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, here, I'll show you a picture right now. Okay. I'm trying to figure out what else he was that in. That name
0: is so familiar. Yeah, because he's been I in a whole bunch of stuff.
1: It. Have you ever seen Safe Haven? No. Nicholas Spark? No. Uh, How to... Oh, no, that's not, that's not it. It's Win a Date with Tad
0: Hamilton. No. Okay. This is Josh DeMille. Oh, okay, yeah, Just yeah. basic white Wait, voice. was he in Vegas, the show? No. I don't know. I don't watch. Oh, he would be old AF if that was the case. He's handsome. I like him.
1: Yeah, he is handsome, actually. Okay. <laughs> He's apparently an asshole to work with like yeah um apparently he was an asshole when he was on the transformer set but I don't know if that's true for any other set but Mm -hmm. yeah apparently he's not fun just like uh did you you don't watch Grey's Anatomy do you Mm -hmm. okay the character who plays Izzy whose name I am blanking on Catherine something is that who
0: her cat's named after
1: oh no Izzy no um Izzy was originally Emily's cat Oh, okay. She liked me more. (laughs) Like, she just doesn't like Emily, and I don't know why. She does not like her at all. so funny. She was swiping at her ankle the other day. It was so funny. Um, when, after Emily had her surgery, she came home. (laughs) After she came home, because, you know, she spent, like, a month or two at her parents' house after her surgery. Mm -hmm. And then she came home, and, like, Izzy was just hissing at her every time she saw her. Oh, I would be so sad. I thought it was so funny. Why can't I get this name? Katherine Heigl. Remember? Oh yeah, I know who Justin. that is. Yes, yeah.
0: okay, I know who she is. Um,
1: she's like really. Uh, I like how I went through all that just to tell you that she's horrible to work with. <laughs> she's a bit and, of a diva. Yeah, that's oh. why she got kicked off of uh, Grey's Anatomy because she was really? really difficult. She just thinks she's worth more than she is. Oh, I just think of like rich people who think that they're above yeah. the law. They probably yeah. get those kind of egos when they. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. So Jude and Amy. Amy was the one I could not find a single person for. I was thinking, uh... uh is her name Lily Graham? That's not her name. Her name is not Lily Graham. Lily... Not Lily Allen. <laughs> That's <a> singer. <laughs>
0: not out here for a <laughs>
1: bitch. <laughs> That's how you find it. Lily Collins. Oh, I know who that is. That She's girl. cute. She's I like adorable. her. I was thinking maybe her, uh-huh. because for some reason, I picture... Uh, do you know who Nico Tortorella is? <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> Jesus woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any. Okay. <laughs> my pop culture knowledge ends <laughs> at like twenty eleven when I went to college and then I stopped paying attention to everything. <laughs>
1: I understand. So this was my Jude, and I pictured okay. Jude as being like this He's a really smart. hot, tatted, like sweet guy. Mm-hmm. And that is Nico Tortorella to a T. Mm-hmm. Um. And then his girlfriend just kind of being really tiny, like, yeah, lovable, like, yeah. I so like, like Lily that. Collins fits that, but I wasn't sure if I would like it now. Actually, I have a character for Amy. Casey's <laughs> <these> backseat. <laughs> Lily Collins. Now I didn't have a character for Kate either because I couldn't picture like any big, muscly asshole. Oh, you know, yeah. I couldn't figure out a character for him. So he, he's a uh, characterless, but he's irrelevant mm. anyway. So who cares?
0: Hmm. Now I'm thinking. <laughs> thinking I haven't read the book yet so just
1: think of one big muscly asshole probably with like a douchey haircut like his hair like sticks straight up in the front you know uh, <laughs> like every bachelor. Well, he's not
0: super muscly but when I thought of a douchebag I thought of um <laughs> I thought of a oh yeah no he works <laughs> oh damn um he plays he plays Frank Cosgrove Jr. in Ozark and he's oh, kind of a Joseph douche oh Joseph Sikora or Sikora he's in a yeah. power is he? Does he work? Do you, does that... Yeah. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. I didn't think he had muscles, but this picture says that he does. Or he's pushing his little arms out. You probably It's yeah, possible. Are. When you have your, like, arms crossed like that, and then and you just, like, push your bra- arms yeah, out. Looks, yeah, yeah. Like, He might be doing he's that. He's pretty muscly, mm-hmm. though. He plays a good douchebag, though, so... Yeah, yeah, he
1: does. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen... I, I doubt you've seen Power. I haven't, It's kind of like, um... It has, a uh, 50 Cent, and it has some other smaller names, I guess? But it's uh, it's like a drug show. Okay. It's sort of like Breaking Bad, but black people. Oh, okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. But I love Power, and he's in it, and he plays this nasty asshole.
0: Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. There <laughs> we go. I'm glad it could be of service.
1: <laughs> so that's my fan cast for Stone Five. I figured maybe that will be my good news that I'm going to write down. Good news. That. We have a fan cast. Yay!
0: Yeah. Alrighty. You wanna get into books? Get into books. Get in the zone. Book of his I'm sorry. That's gonna be. Oh, oh, I'm gonna (laughs) cut that. Make that the intro. Oh, Oh, great. (laughs) This is my legacy. (laughs) Oh, man. Good. I'm glad I can contribute something. (laughs) I've just contributed two things. I think it's time to go home. (laughs) Bye. We're done. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) You can talk to the (laughs) cat. I'm just kidding. I want to talk about my book that I read. I'm really excited for you to talk about that book because I adore it. Let's see. I didn't say what I was thinking out loud yet, like, rehearse it at all, so it might come out stupid because I don't know how to talk most of the time. Oh, but... well, that's me every episode, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get there, guys. <laughs> this is like, we're supposed to be emulating just the conversation you're having with your friends, and sometimes we say dumb things wrong because, you know. That's how talking to friends goes sometimes. It's real, <laughs> life, guys. It's real life, I'm not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, then. Do you want to start or do you want me to? Like, you! Me. Go ahead. I'm excited. Yeah. Ooh. Let me open my notes. Do you like my phone background? It's uh, Alphonse Mucha.
1: Oh, it's wow. One of his paintings. I love that. That right? should be on a um, yeah. tarot card.
0: Yeah. Oh, I bet if you looked, you could find some Mucha tarot cards.
1: There are some... Um... Edward Gorey ones, Ooh. and there are
0: also some Midnight Gospel ones. And I want them all. <laughs> oh, sounds, those both sound <laughs> really beautiful. Have you seen the um, the uh, Animal Crossing ones? No! Oh, they're so good. Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I don't think it's actually printed. I think it's like a design concept that somebody posted online. But th- I've seen them go around in a couple different things. and They're so pretty. If, if I see them again, I'll send them me, to you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um boop 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 That's
1: like, gonna be the intro the music now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, like stringing together with these stupid potato. little jingles that Morgan <laughs> makes up. Okay. Um, so what I read this week is Department of Speculation by Jenny Awful. Not awful like these are awful shoes, but awful as in O oh, F F I L L. Awful. And um <clears throat> this book's really something else i i've never read a book like it before because like when you just like bare bones describe what the storyline is it does it just kind of sounds like a like a romance like yeah. a like i hate to say this but like a chick lit or whatever you know what i mean so the premise of the book is it's about a woman who's a writer she calls herself an art monster she's depressed and she um right in the beginning of the book kind of falls in love with a man. They get married, they have a daughter, they get bed bugs at one point. Um, And then halfway through the book, you find out that he has cheated on her. He had an affair. And like, she emphasizes that he's like a very incredibly kind Midwestern boy. This is, this takes place in New York City. He's just a very kind boy, like, well, boy, man from Ohio. And then, so like halfway through the book, she finds out that he's had an affair with this uh, young woman that he works with and it just kind of like shatters her and like having to deal with that on top of like raising their daughter, um, having mad anxiety and depression and just like, you know, being a a person. It's just like, it's hard for her to deal with it and they, uh, it's kind of the last half of the book is them dealing with this and not giving up on their relationship and eventually they move out to the country to really work on their relationship and that's where it ends. It might sound kind of just like a basic romance book, but the way that this book is written is so complex, just so beautifully written. I've never read a book like this. Like I said, I'm sorry, my words are failing me right now. No,
1: you're fine. Um,
0: There are so many different writing devices that she uses. There are like an insane amount of writing devices that she uses in this book. And so I kind of wanted to point out a few of them. Like I said, summarizing the book is super easy. That's what it is. woman falls in love with man. They have a child. They get married. They have a child. He cheats on her. They try to pick up the pieces of their marriage. So, like, one of the things that... One of the devices she uses in this book is the fact that, um... She doesn't use names for any of the characters. She uses very, very minimal physical description for the characters. Oh, I love that. The only character that she describes physically like at one point she talks about how she had had bangs after she grew them out her husband told her that he never liked bangs on women and then yeah but it was after she grew them out he didn't ever say like you know hey have you ever thought about growing out it was like after she made the decision that's when he told her and then like the at the same time he had had these glasses that she hated and she thought about like secretly breaking them while he was sleeping and stuff and after he got new ones she told him she'd never liked his old glasses so it was like Just one of those little things. But, like, other than that, it never says what color her hair is or what race they are or anything. The only physical description is of the woman that he has an affair with. They describe her as having long red hair and being very young and having bangs, which is hilarious. Um, But, yeah, so because of the fact that they don't have names and they don't have physical descriptions, it's really easy to just throw whoever into these characters. And, honestly, the wife, I, I mean... I don't typically put myself into a character but this one especially the way that she writes her emotions I was able to like just slip into her role so easily and that's another thing this book it's almost like the book is written less about the storyline and the characters and more about the emotion like I would I would dare to say that the emotions that she feels are the main character of this book you know what I mean like it's very much emphasized on her like anxiety and depression and just like dealing with this information that upsets her and I don't know I love that about it yeah it made it easy to cast in fact I could recast it a million different times and be happy with the results another thing about this book is there's a perspective flip in it that at first I thought was distracting but then I went back and actually paid attention to it and then it made a lot more sense so in the book when it starts out it's written in first person so she says me I, and she's talking to you, and you are the husband. So it's like she's writing it for the husband. But then halfway through the book, and I went back and looked, and it's when she finds out that he's had an affair on her, the perspective switches, and it goes from first person to third person. And so it's the wife, the husband, and the daughter. It, like, kind of, like, it takes you out of being in that first person while she's dealing with this. And then at the very end, in the last chapter, spoiler alert, um, Mm -hmm. in the last chapter once they've like started picking up the pieces of their marriage and they're starting to feel happy again together she switches it back to first person and it becomes we she says we several times and i love that and at first i was like why did she switch from third person to, from first person to third person in this but then you realize it like it has to do with the storyline and i think that's really cool and then what else um oh yeah i wanted to talk about the prose itself this book is written It is broken into chapters, but the chapters are just like three to five sentence paragraphs. They're very short and the paragraphs (coughs) don't always flow together, like from one paragraph to the next. They're like short little, you know, like I said, three to five. Yeah, they're almost like poems. Um, They're usually like simple sentences that are interwoven with these like super poetic sentences. And then there will be streams of consciousness thrown in there. And then all of that is cut in with like fun facts and stuff like that. And usually like the facts that she puts in or the anecdotes that she puts in have something to do with her line of work at the time. So at the beginning of the book, she writes, she does editing for a fun facts magazine. And so in the beginning, there are lots of fun science facts just thrown in there, but they fit in with the story so well. And then in the middle of the book, she gets a job ghostwriting the biography of an astronaut. And so the little breaks and anecdotes start to become about space and stuff. And so, yeah, it's just, it's really cool how she fits that all in there and I love it. And the paragraphs are almost like little vignettes, you know what I mean? Like just like a focus into a small little scene, just a moment in her life and then unfocuses and goes on to the next thing. And so I just really love how this book is written whether or not you've ever like been in love it's still heart-wrenching to to like experience love from her point of view the book brings up all these tiny little moments between her and her husband that are just like just the tiniest little moments that might seem meaningless but have so much feeling in them and i love that and i'm just going to read a couple little these aren't even vignettes that go along with the storyline these are just a couple of her fun facts that she throws in there because you can see how beautifully it just fits in with the story. So here's the first one on the first page. Memories are microscopic, tiny particles that swarm together and apart. Little people, Edison called them entities. He had a theory about where they came from and that theory was outer space. then here's another one. The Buddhists say that there are 121 states of consciousness of these only three involve misery or suffering. Most of us spend our time moving back and forth between these three. So I like that. Um, but yeah, that's all I had from that. I
1: love this book. So the first time I read it, well, the mm-hmm. only time I read it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was on a road trip with um, my roommate and her family, mm-hmm. and it took me like four hours to read it. I read it all the Oh, like it's cars. such a fast read. I couldn't stop reading it. It was just so... The best way to describe that I can describe this book is that it's mm-hmm. like a mundane romance story told in this exquisite way. Yes. Yes. It's just
0: I never ever read a book like that in my life. Exactly. <laughs> it's written so poetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like an art piece when yeah, you're reading it. it really and does. it's insane. Because like you said, it is a mundane. It's such an overdone like story you know a trope yeah oh oh, you know he cheated on me we were in love we have a kid now I feel like I'm not enough to him but the way that she writes it it is it's poetic it's real it It grasps Mm -hmm. those emotions so much that I've read it before and still when she finds out that he cheats on her and he tells her he takes her to a coffee shop and he tells her and that's like reading it the second time knowing that this was happening I still was just like my stomach hurt a little bit I was like Oh, that hurts. He loved you, I thought. You know? and Such, like, um, a real emotional blow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so... Oh, my gosh. It's such a beautiful... I really recommend even if romance isn't your thing, if poetry is your thing, if well-written books is your thing, <laughs> check it out and it's called Department of Speculation, but it's D E P T of Speculation. It's not the full word. When I looked it up on Amazon, the whole word, it didn't that's not the first thing that mm-hmm. came up. So, yes, DEPT Department of Speculation. Uh I reckon I recommend people read it cuz it's beautiful. Yeah.
1: Okay. Your turn. My turn um so i read underground railroad because i can't say words correctly (laughs) by colson whitehead and usually this is out of the realm of what i'd read because i always get really bummed out like watching movies like this or reading Mm -hmm. books like this it always bums me out emily's mom is um and emily's my roommate i think i mentioned that before (laughs) um her mother is like my second mother she always tells me to watch these movies because they're really really beautiful and powerful and blah 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 and I'm like I can't because it makes me so sad Mm. that my people were treated like this you know what I mean Mm. so I usually don't read these kinds of books but I did and I really really liked it um because I think Colson Whitehead did a really good job of kind of mixing in a little bit of humor just with the creation of the character Cora because she's so passive with everything that happens to her she talks about it, it's it's all, like, really tragic, and she talks about it so casually that sometimes you have to go back and realize what she just read.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think that actually works for this book, because at first it was a little off-putting, but I think it actually works for what trying to be, I guess, talked about in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, the story follows Cora and a little bit of Caesar, but it, Cora's the main character. Um, she's a runaway slave. Caesar was someone who was on her, the plantation that she was on. I think it was called Hobbs. So the first, I mean, just in the first, like, 30 pages, there's a, a rape scene that happens. Oh, boy. And she, like I said, talks about it so casually that I went back and I was like, I did just read that. Because Cora is a very strong character. And this whole story is just her journey to freedom, and it is tragic. So it starts at Hobbes. Caesar approaches her one night after um, one of the... One of the other people on their farm was being beaten by i think his name was terrence randall he was someone that like owned the plantation and she like protected him and took all the hits herself Mm -hmm. and he saw her as someone who was strong so he thought i can do this if she can do it with me so he took her with with him and they run away to south carolina where they meet sam who's this he's a really great guy he's an abolitionist In this story, the Underground Railroad is, you see that? Railroad. (laughs) (laughs) The Underground Railroad, that thing, (laughs) is not metaphorical. It's like, it's an actual train underground. Oh. And it goes from stop to stop to stop until they get to the Free States. Um, except in this book, some of them are shut down, some of them have been, um, found out, so they're closed, and they, um, experience freedom for the first time, because in, in this place, they have a whole system set up where they get you, like, a fake name, and because if you're a free slave, you have to have, like, papers to show that you're free. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they get all of that together for them, they get them educated, they get them jobs, the, the way this book works is it kind of takes you through all of these little things that black people have experienced just from being black and, and less educated and like, I guess just the way that even freedom back then wasn't free mm-hmm. at all. So the first thing that, that kind of that we experience in South Carolina is um, black women um, being used for experimentations. There was a doctor who was injecting all the black people with, um, a disease. I can't remember what the disease is off my head without telling them. So, just to see how the disease works. And he didn't tell any of them, so all of these people are infected and they have no idea. He was trying to get women to, um, be experiments for getting your tubes tied he was trying to get all the black women on board for that Cora was smart enough to be like i don't think so but black women were used for a lot of experiments like that and they were Mm -hmm. like horribly abused and murdered in those ways because there was no like clear-cut way to do it Mm -hmm. so that was like the first thing we experienced and then they're found out they're caught because I skipped over this whole important piece. Mm-hmm. So when they were on the run, when they first ran, they almost got caught by slave catchers. And Cora hit this kid over the head. And she never knew if she killed him or not. She finds out later that, yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Um, but this kind of haunted her. And then they ended up being wanted runaway slaves for... and Wanted for murder. Mm-hmm. But also they were runaway slaves. So it was really, really bad. And it's crazy because before every chapter change they have like descriptions of slaves and the way that these like plantation owners described their slaves was in- ridiculously detailed mm-hmm. so if they were found anywhere people would know exactly who they belonged to it Who's was there? crazy slave catchers found them in south carolina um caesar died in south carolina he was murdered in a jail which uh cora kind of knew but they didn't say it until like the end of the book um oh, so it was kind of yeah, in the air a yeah bit. like she had made peace with it because there was just in her mind there was no way to conceptualize him getting out of what mm. happened and I but I was really happy to learn that Sam made it because Sam was helping them and they set his house on fire because he was oh an God. abolitionist and luckily his house is um like above the the railroad his house was set on fire and completely collapsed but they never found the railroad underneath so that passageway was safe. So the next place we go I think is North Carolina. This story is really gripping. You're like I don't know you're like in Cora's shoes the whole time you're like with her you're experiencing all of this and her it's just all tragic. It just uh it was really hard to read at some point. Oh sure. She's always like so close to freedom and then it's just taken away like she just experiences a little bit of happiness and then it's just snatched as soon as it happens and I mean till the very end of the book. Okay, I'm gonna talk about this quote on page. I have, like, tons of quotes. I just have to do them in order. Um, the first one was a quote that was talking about black bodies, and it was, this was during, I want to say this was during, he throws a lot of, like, terminology that's used against black people. Luckily, this is a black man, and he Mm -hmm. wrote this just so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he used words like "pickaninny," which was like a racial slur. And Cora uses that word for other black people with, without realizing that it is a slur. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that happens even now,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: when we think about certain words that we use. But this is what she said. I know there was a certain point that I... Wanted to read from. I couldn't mark up this book because it's not mine,
2: oh, <laughs> and that oh, was kind of worst. a pain. Yeah, because
1: <laughs> I was like, I have, I have tons of quotes, and I'm gonna have to like locate them. It's okay. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna start from this section because I don't want to read that. Um, Indeed, an uneducated Irishman like Carpenter steered by society to a life of rummaging graves had more in common with a negro than a white doctor. If you considered the matter at length, he wouldn't say that out loud. Of course, sometimes Stevens wondered if his views weren't quaint, given the temper of the modern world. The other students uttered the most horrible things about the colored population of Boston, about their smell, their intellectual deficiencies, their primitive drives. Yet when his classmates put their blades to a colored cadaver, they did more for the cause of colored advancement than the most high-minded abolitionist. In death, the Negro became a human being. Only then was he the white man's equal. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, so because this guy Carpenter was um, a grave digger because he was trying to be a doctor, and apparently they had to like pay for bodies back then, and they, and he was like poor. Uh, he would probably be considered more of an indentured servant. Um, so he would dig up bodies and, and steal them from graves and Whoa. use those. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it's just funny to me how that is completely true because like they never saw black people as people. But then they would use them for, mm-hmm. like, medical advancement. At that point, it's, it's like, what? We're, you can see that we have the same insides, but what? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't that's make any insane. sense to me. I feel like that's... Are you looking? <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you see the error here? I just... I don't know. Okay, so we meet Martin and Ethel in North Carolina um martin is an abolitionist his dad was an abolitionist and he's got like the secret hideaway place in his attic for slaves to hide in until they hear word from the next like where they're going next except north carolina was a horror state (laughs) Mm. she was in this little area in his attic and she could see like the park right across the street where in this section they sort of talk about blackface faces entertainment and they talk about how horrific the KKK was. And I mean, it was really bad in this area. They were recruiting them super, super young, training them. There was this one black lady, uh, she was a runaway slave, which if you're in North Carolina and you're a runaway slave, the second they found you, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter, they're not taking you back anywhere. Uh, Martin even, when he saved her from, cause she had landed at, after, uh, she left South Carolina, she took the Underground Railroad to the next location and there was no one there to pick her up or help her and then that's where Martin found her Mm -hmm. and he hid her in his wagon and then at one point he stops the wagon and he shows her this area. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was just full of... Of hanging dead black bodies. Oh my god. Just full of them. And he's like, this is what's going to happen if you get caught.
0: No pressure though.
1: Right. <laughs> and it's it's awful because obviously they do get caught. She like lives in their attic for months and I think total five, six months maybe mm-hmm. before they're caught.
0: Jesus, that's so long to live in a small space like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yep. And um, she was learning how to read, she was reading all these almanacs that that she found in the attic because she was sort of learning a little while she was in South Carolina because they try to get them educated so that they talk better. So she was trying to keep up with that and she was reading all these almanacs and she was watching white people across the street and they were putting on, like, entertainment or they would, you know, put on the black makeup and the big pink lips and they would just act wild. I think I have a quote, page 213 about it. Um, it was just really awful. And she saw this lady, like, this young kid, probably just a young teenager, who was being recruited into the KKK, found her, and they just beat her, like, to a pulp, and then made a speculation of her death, uh, just on the stage in the park. And all of these, like, the whole town would come to these little showings and these little gatherings and just be completely conditioned. It was, it was rough. And I know this is fiction, but I
0: feel like... Oh, but that's how it was. Yeah, it's exactly how it I was. I just can't even, like, I cannot not fathom having that much hate in your heart. Like, I really can't. I mean, I know I wasn't raised in that time and place. I cannot fathom thinking that that's acceptable. I know. That you're a, a good person that's, like, going... Most of these people were religious, so you think you're going to heaven when you behave that way.
1: Ethel was like that. But Ethel was, she wasn't that bad. Like, in this book, he kind of, like, for certain characters, he'll switch to their point of view for, like, a couple pages, Mm -hmm. and we get to get in Ethel's head, who's Martin's wife, and, um, she is, like, against, she doesn't like black people, but she's against, like, what white people are doing to them, so Mm -hmm. when Martin brings home Cora, she's not happy. She doesn't even look at her. She lets her shower, like, once a couple, every couple weeks, like, well, bathe probably by yeah. then, <laughs> but, um, she didn't like her at all, but Ethel was super religious and she had these big dreams of going to Africa and being a missionary and turning all of these savages, so Ethel was interesting, but, and in the end, when they get caught, Ethel's like, he, like, this is all Martin's fault, he wanted her in there, but it doesn't matter if you have a slave in your house you're gonna have the same fate, (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, Apparently there was a big reward for Cora's return, probably because of the murder too, so they didn't kill her. And we'll talk about that in a second, but I wanted to read this, which I think it might be a little long. The final performance, following a notice from the judge regarding the chronic drainage issues at the lake was a short play. From what Cora put together from the actor's movements and the bits of dialogue that traveled to her, suffocating Nook, the play concerned a slave. Again, a white man in burned cork, pink showing on his neck and wrist, who ran north after a light rebuke from his master. He suffered on his journey, delivering a pouty soliloquy on hunger, cold, and wild beasts. In the north, a saloon keeper took him on. The saloon keeper was a ruthless boss beating and insulting the wayward slave at every turn, stealing wages and dignity, the hard image of northern white attitudes. The last scene depicted the slave on his master's doorstep having once again run away. This time from the false promises of the free states. He begged after his former position, lamenting his folly and asking for forgiveness. With kind and patient words, the master explained that it was impossible. In the slave's absence, North Carolina had changed. The master whistled and two patrollers ushered the prostrate slave from the premises. Oh yeah, and then after that was the part where that girl came up on the the stage. But they would just have these big plays in the park and have
0: all these... um, it was all, like, very conditioning. And yeah, because then... they were they were portraying the slaveholders as being benevolent and the northerners as taking advantage of the runaway yeah, slaves. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it was that just... is conditioning. That's propaganda.
1: So I feel like something like slavery happens when there's a group of people who are afraid to stand up to, mm-hmm. like, these really ruthless men and then there's a group of people who are willfully ignorant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that book kind of, this Gee. book touches on that. and Also, throughout the entire thing, you kind of see the way, um, like, politics was shifting and shifting with more and more, um, black people being more free and some blacks being born free and, uh, claiming land and having jobs. You, you, you they, it, they go through the, can I speak? Jeez. <laughs> they go through the process of, like, all of these legislative changes taking place, so that was um, also really well done. And um, when she's captured here, Martin and Ethel, are, they're dead, she gets caught by this really awful man named Ridgeway. He's awful. He's, ugh, he's disgusting. He has a necklace um, of ears.
0: No, that's gross.
1: Yeah, a necklace of ears. They're trophies, which a lot of slave catchers actually had. They would keep the ears of slaves so upsetting what is wrong
0: with people it is barbaric
1: i don't know i don't know what makes people this kind of evil but i feel like a part of it is the feeling like they're doing what's right Mm
0: -hmm. even though they're
1: not and a feeling of power and domination over other
0: human beings exactly
1: i want to i do want to preface this quote because i thought it was there is just so many like beautiful moments and cora is so smart when she was with martin and Ethel, she got really sick which was actually how they got caught because she was really sick and then Martin had to tell people he was sick and then their mm-hmm. Irish maid who was an indentured servant told on them yeah because she um she didn't know that there was if there was but she speculated that he didn't have what he I think he said he had a spanish flu or something like that she didn't believe him and she just I guess added a few things up, like hearing things in the attic that made her think that they might have been harboring someone. So she told on them, and they they got searched and caught and everything. So when she was sick, um, Ethel was reading her the Bible, trying to teach her the Bible, and Cora was just questioning everything. She was just like, mm-hmm. "If this is true, why are black people slaves?" Like, mm-hmm. just she she's so smart to question everything because. Um, I feel like in that situation, especially when you're not educated, it's easy to just kind of accept what you're hearing. And she never did, which made her such an outcast even within other slaves. She was just her own person. And I wanted to read this quote that was about what freedom is, what she says freedom is. What a world it is, Cora thought, that makes a living prison into your only haven. Was she out of bondage or in its web? How to describe the status of a runaway? Freedom was a thing that shifted as you looked at it, the way a forest is dense with trees up close, but from outside, from the empty meadow, you see its true limits. Being free had nothing to do with chains or how much space you had. On the plantation, she was not free, but she moved unrestricted on its acres, tasting the air and tracing the summer stars. The place was big in its smallness. Here she was free of her master, but slunk around a warren so tiny
0: she couldn't stand. I like that. Yeah. I I also like how you you read it quite poetically. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was really well put when Mm -hmm. you think about. Yeah, the forest analogy, that one was good. Uh, To me, I can, it's easy to connect
1: it to, like, what a lot of, like, um, poor areas go through now. Like, Mm -hmm. what is freedom now? You have a house, but you're... In debt. Yeah, you're oppressed. Like mm-hmm. it's like freedom is almost a state of mind, but it's almost a state of mind that's not real, like for anyone. Well the way she puts it, especially when she's talking about the plantation versus her being in this little tiny nook but considered free, mm-hmm. is like I don't know, that is a well put analogy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't know, I I just God, this book got me. So when she she's taken by Ridgeway. And I told you he's got the ear, the necklace of ears. He's just an awful dick bag. Uh, Oh, do I have that quote? Do I have that quote? I don't know. There's this one place where he's talking about... It's hard to tell his intentions, but it's really just to intimidate Cora because of how outwardly spoken she is, even when she's chained up by a Mm -hmm. slave catcher who could kill her. He says, "'My father liked his Indian talk about the great spirit,' Ridgway said. "'All these years later, I prefer the American spirit.'" The one that called us from the old world to the new to conquer and build and civilize and destroy that one needs to be destroyed to lift up the lesser races if not lift up subjugate and if not subjugate exterminate our destiny by divine prescription. The American Imperative. And then he talks some shit about Manifest Destiny and all this other shit that I'm like... That is literally the foundation of the American culture. And it's How about a Trump speech? All right? <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> it was too Ooh. real. I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> because that was very real. Um,
0: Fucking Manifest sorry. Destiny. I don't know. We were taught... That's I hate when we were like in middle school and stuff we in even high school we were taught that manifest destiny was good yeah we made us america we were and then like you realize the like genocide and complete disregard for other people other races their land um, uh, (laughs) yeah even way of life even the the earth yeah (laughs) like all of it and yeah as adults we're like manifest destiny it was Fucking terrible episode. and awful and just like the epitome of white boy entitlement. Uh-huh. Just like, ooh, sorry.
1: <laughs> Literally, it's like you have money, you're parable.
0: I feel like that—that okay.
1: that was just the mindset of a slave catcher. Uh-huh. That's it made sense to them that this was right, uh-huh. and they didn't see anything wrong with it. I think that's gonna be the last of the quotes I do. So I'm just gonna go through the rest of the book a little bit. I don't want to okay. spoil too much. There's a lot in here that I did not talk about. So I like I 100% recommend everyone read this book. There's one one part where we kind of are put back with Caesar, um, because and and her mother. That's another thing. Um, that I want to talk about. Her mother was also a runaway slave. And Cora is just kind of, she spends her entire life, like, hating her mom. We finally, I mean, I think it's second to last chapter, we get flipped to Mabel. Her and, mom? Yeah, okay. and it's like back in time when Cora was, because her mom ran away when she was very, very young. Cora was Is that very why young. she hates her? Yeah, because okay. she's like, how could you just leave us here? Mm-hmm. Turns out Mabel didn't make it that far. She was, uh, caught by slave catchers, and I think she just died with her face down in a marsh somewhere. Um, and that was really heartbreaking to read because Cora really, really hated her mother. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, every single person that Cora loved or thought about loving died. The second Uh. she, like, felt comfortable, um, like, when she's saved from Ridgeway by this guy Royal and his crew, who, Royal was born a free slave, and they had this whole farm, um, mix of runaway slaves and born free slaves to help, like, empower and teach these people and get them jobs and money. Uh, so they all lived kind of blissfully on this farm and a couple other neighboring farms. And some of them were involved in politics or trying to get involved in politics to give black people a voice. Mm-hmm. And um, a bunch of white people just burned down and shot and killed everyone. And Royal died as soon as she had like fallen in love with him. And it was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Cora, <laughs> her whole life is just... Tragic. Like the whole book is not surprised. She ends up paying for freedom. Right. Right. And she wasn't she was like very guarded at first. She wasn't gonna like entertain it because every time she I wouldn't necessarily say entertained romance, but every time she loved someone or you know, something happened to them. Like um when her and Caesar ran away in the beginning, there was another person with them and she died almost well, she didn't die, but she was caught. Um, she was almost caught cause she, you know, Cora ended up killing that kid cause they were getting caught by mm-hmm. slave catchers. Lovey got away. And then later on in the book, she's caught by slave catchers and her body is literally just on a pike in the middle of a road <sighs> and Cora is like forced to see it. It's really awful. Yes, it's just like everyone that she loves is either dead or just gone. It was just really tragic. I know I talked really darkly about this book, but I still think people should read it because it's a really great read. It's really fast, and it's got some really great quotes, and honestly, I just, I felt a lot really emotional reading this mm-hmm. um but it was a fabulous book <laughs> and like i said i usually don't read books like this i don't at all but this was really well written um i appreciated everything that he was trying to do mm-hmm. uh there are even like there are words like it's sort of like you're learning with cora because cora is still like learning she's trying to read towards the end of the book she's like free reading all these romance novels because she's got it all down and there's tons of like bolded words in the book of words that she doesn't understand. Oh, and I And like it's that. really cool. I'm trying to find one, but I, of course, like, oh, oh. like that, like that's the, the last oh, one that he can, okay. she doesn't yeah. know what that is. So she, it's bold and there, are just certain words like that through here. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I can't find them, but they're in there. There are tons of them. And, um, also between some of the chapters, um, there are random like rewards for slaves and the, the way that the slave catcher's, like describe them like i'll read this one let's see okay okay ran away from the subscriber on the 6th of february last his negro girl peggy she is about 16 years of age and is a bright mulatto um, about the ordinary height with straight hair and tolerable good features she has a ragged scar on her neck occasioned by a burn she will no doubt attempt to pass for a free girl and it is likely she has obtained a free pass. She has a down look when spoken to and not remarkably intelli- intelligent. She speaks quick with a shrill voice. Like, they described Damn. them so well. I feel like that was actually one of the least well-described ones. And if you saw her, you'd probably know mm-hmm. exactly who she was. Like, they knew the mark on her, mm-hmm. the scars on her. And same with Cora, because when she jumped in front of that kid at the beginning, um, when she got beaten for protecting that kid that was that was being beaten by the person that owned the plantation she was mm-hmm. on, Terrence Randall, she got a scar on her head because he basically, I mean, knocked her out to the point where she was Ooh. like, she was working with, she probably had a concussion, mm-hmm. had, obviously had no idea. And she has like a star-shaped scar on her forehead from it. And that was one of the images used to, to um, show that that's her. Mm-hmm. And it's just terrifying (laughs) that book was great (laughs) (laughs) terrifying and great terrifying and great um I definitely recommend it I give it a five out of five because it was good yeah I have
0: a copy at home it's on my intense list of things to read my (laughs) never-ending list of books to read
1: I know like I said I know I made that kind of sound heavy but it is a really actually breezy Mm -hmm. read like breezy read read. I flew (laughs) through this book you know what, actually in the end, I guess I'll spoil, it's not really a spoiler, because it almost ends like there could be another book. I doubt there will be, I think it was just supposed to be like an open-ended, mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen to Cora kinda, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you can kind of imagine your unending type of thing.
1: I would like It'll to imagine for... that she's free at the end. Yeah. I think that she ended up being in a free state, or close to a free state, but she ended up getting some help, so. So it doesn't lead you right
0: to her end nope. then? Nope. Nope. Oh. No.
1: <gasps> You just kind of have to guess what you think is going to happen. But it's like, if we were following the formula, she's going to be happy for a little bit and then not. (laughs) But I think... It's about life, though. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. Happiness is not a destination, unfortunately. But I think... I would like to think that she was close to a free state. I just wish that she had known that her mom was not alive anymore. Yeah. Cause she was, a, she was imagining her living life in like Canada or something. Um, and not even thinking about her or her dad or anyone at Hobbs. Um, mm-hmm. which is the name of the plantation they're on. And, uh, the very end of the book is like, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> and I was like, Cora, I really wish
0: that you knew so that. So she's, like, wasting emotional energy yeah, building this grudge on someone who's not even alive. Yeah.
1: It's just really... it's That's a sad. Story. Yeah. Great book. <laughs> Please read it. <laughs> I think, if anything, it's pretty informative. It's Talks about yeah. a lot of important things that I think we still kind of see in a modern way today, like how um, the American prison system is modern-day slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like
0: that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, those The quotes that you read, like I said are, like, I mean, that one could have been a Trump speech. Honestly. Um, they're, they can still tie back to experiences in politics that are happening today,
2: Ugh, which, which is
0: terrifying. Is um, but, yeah, so it sounds like it's a good read, especially for right now. Yeah.
1: Huh.
0: Sorry. I feel like that was just a, a
1: puddle of doom <laughs> <laughs> talking about this one. Minute. I really liked it. Like, I, I do think people need to read I think it's important to read this book. Yeah. And I'm really happy that Andrew told
0: me to read it hey andrew are you listening you listening can you listen <laughs> listen to us we Please. love you come on the podcast <laughs> come uh, on the show come on the show
1: right.
0: uh, cool okay um, <laughs> you want to do
1: Pancast? yes next? yes um you uh, want me to start do you i don't start?
0: care yeah we just talked about yours so do it do yours
1: okay so for cora um i don't know if anyone knows who journey smollett is Mm-mm. she's foxy um <laughs> I love Journey Smollett. She was in a movie when I was younger that scared the absolute crap out of me about black witches and it's called uh Eve's by You when she was younger. She was also Oh, she's
0: beautiful. Yeah,
1: right. She's also in um Harley Quinn the new movie Birds of Prey. Yeah. She's okay, one I've of not the seen it, one but... of the women in that and she looks so foxy. Damn. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm gay for Journey Smollett, if you didn't realize. Oh,
0: she's beautiful. She's a great job.
1: She's great. She's like a beautiful mom. She's just great. Yeah, family. I saw a
0: picture of her husband yeah. or boyfriend and their baby. Yeah. Very pretty. Yeah. Okay.
1: Journey Smollett is my Cora.
0: Um, right. For Mabel,
1: Cora's mom, Viola Davis, Yay. because she's also my mom. Yes. <laughs> I love Viola Davis. Um, Caesar, Winston C. Duke, which, um, have you ever seen Us? Oh, yes. The husband. That's what Cincy Duke. Ah. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to find someone for Ridgeway, but oh, just yeah. picture some, like, scary like... super country person who, like, chews wheat or something. Who? Um. Oh. <laughs> uh, who, like, openly, who has, like, a Trump sign on his yard or something, <laughs> and, like, and then, like, a Blue Lives Matter <laughs> flag on his shirt, like, Ridgeway. <laughs> um. And then for, I was going to do Martin and Ethel, but really could only picture Ethel as Kathy Bates in like misery. <gasps> yes, <laughs> Specifically I love that. Oh, from misery. It's perfect. Ethel. That makes me happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's just like miserable, never smiles, long, mm-hmm. hideous dresses, psycho. Um, yeah. So yeah. Self righteous a little bit. Yeah. yeah she's obsessed yeah, yeah, with a yeah. book, but it's the Bible in this mm-hmm. one. So, yeah.
0: Kathy Bates. <laughs> I love it. Yep. That's perfect. That's my, that's my whole fan (laughs) cast. Okay. Well, as I said earlier, I could cast and recast this a million times. These are literally just some names I threw together when I thought, I thought of their personality traits and then I thought of people that worked with it, in my opinion. And I kind of based it off of a little bit what I imagined too. Let's just get into it. So the wife character, she's very neurotic and artistic and independent and smart. And I just pictured Carrie Brownstein. Do you know who that is? She's from Portlandia. She's the main character in Portlandia. Carrie Brownstein herself is kind of a... She's also in uh, Slater-Kinney. She's very, like, neurotic and artsy and just, like, awkward. And it's... Oh, it's perfect. And then for the husband, he's, like, the all-American, Midwestern, really kind, sweet to everyone, talks to random people on the subway. Paul Rudd. Duh. uh, Can you imagine how heartbroken you would be? Because that's like the point of the, like one of the big points, the driving points is that he's such a kind, nice guy that when he cheats on her, she's so just like taken aback by it. So you can see how Paul Rudd, if he cheated on you, you'd be like... But you're so nice why I would
1: cheat, you do I, that i cheat that's not what I wanted to say <laughs> I'd just be Rudd. upset because Paul Rudd yeah. fucking cheated on me <laughs> yeah. like,
0: uh, anyways, he is he's very like puppy dog like and that's how I picture the husband in this book um they have a daughter but she's just a child and I don't know who child actors are They're just pick one they're all cute <laughs> I don't care um, Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> He's not even a girl. He's like 14 or 15 now. I don't care. He's my child. <laughs> I love Finn Wolfhard. Oh, little babe. <laughs> um, the philosopher is her best friend. And there's always like kind of a will they, won't they, but not really. They don't. But um, the philosopher I chose. Okay, so I was picturing this very handsome man that used to be a regular at the coffee bar. But he's not an actor, so I just chose an actor that looked the closest to him, and that's Lamorne Morris. He plays Winston and New Girl. Um, oh, I love Winston. I love him so his much. cat. Yeah, so he's very handsome, and so that's the philosopher to me. And I can picture him being best friends with Carrie Brownstein for sure. <laughs> I would be and, best friends with him. Are you kidding me? too. It's amazing. And then the girl, which is the young woman that... Uh, her husband cheats on her for. Um, Bella Thorne. (laughs) Oh, I cannot see that. See, mine was Madeline Petch, which is Cheryl Blossom on Riverdale. Oh! Vivacious, redhead. She has, like, that little, like, pouty look. Wait, let me look She's, like,
1: too powerful for her tiny stature. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, yeah. it's perfect.
0: Because she's so different from Carrie Brownstein's character. So anyways, those are, like, the main characters. She has lots of friends that come in and out but those are like the main four characters and so yeah but like i said i could recast that a million times and still be happy with it because there's so little description and you just it's just based on that acting you know what i mean like you could sit there and have a casting call and just base it on that because
1: i that's one thing that i really liked about that and like i've always wanted to try to write a book where you could fit any face into Mm -hmm. the main character Mm -hmm. so like and I don't mean to like turn this about me or anything, but in one of the books that I was experimenting with, I had a character who I described like certain scars and tattoos, Mm -hmm. but never like what kind of hair she had or like what the color of her skin was. Because I feel like at the end of the day, that's not super important.
2: Mm -hmm. Anyone
1: should be able to read a book and put themselves into the character. And because I like grew up reading all of these like White girls, mm-hmm. and I'd never connected. I like the stories, but I never connected with the characters because mm-hmm. they don't look like me, you know. So mm-hmm. it's really cool to be able to just
0: slip yourself in that exactly. role. Exactly, I completely agree. 100%. That's one of the things I just loved about this book yeah. so much, is really mm-hmm. it could be anyone, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because she talks about her emotions and her experiences a lot, but even her experiences, it's not, like, heavy backstory. Right. It's just a little bit, like, traveled to France when I was young, and just, you know what I mean, nothing too heavy, and so, yeah, I love that.
1: Your earrings look like it could slip into my septum ring and fit perfectly.
0: Oh, these? Yeah. (laughs) I know, that's totally off guard. I'm I'm admiring your your earrings, too, so we're just staring at each other's ears over here, guys. It's really romantic. Um, I have to remember to get my coffee out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I should have hit sneeze on that. Oh, well. Um, That has nothing to do with our podcast. We'll edit it out. Post <laughs> production. All right. Um, what next? Are we talking about music? Yeah. Do you want to do music first or media? It's all the same, I guess. It, I
1: put it all as the same thing because I don't have a lot of media absorption. Okay.
0: You Can I you borrow pens? your pen? No! I just took it <laughs> before you even answered. <laughs> like you, <really> um, <laughs> you know, I'm really upset
1: because my favorite green pen that's the same as that one uh-huh. is at the office. <gasps> oh no.
0: Yes. I still have a half of a box of Cheez-Its at the office. I and know, those are bad. <laughs> 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 They're, They're
1: probably great. <laughs> this is probably fine. It's just, oh, like dusty and moldy. <laughs> <laughs> I left my They're steel running. water bottle there so oh, I have no. to buy another one.
0: It's fine. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't miss going in, though. I don't either. I'm kind of like, do I want to go back a to work I'm literally from home like, full-time?
1: <laughs> I think that I'm going to do, like, when we go back, a couple... I feel like they're going to keep pushing pushing it, though.
0: Yeah. I don't think we're going back
1: till next year. They're just not directly saying that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm like... I really like just sliding out of bed and whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. I got on and going to work. Especially if
0: we're going to keep going to the poetry slams. I like getting that extra hour of sleep that I don't have to get up and put on clothes and drive into the office. I can just roll out of bed 30 minutes before work, make some coffee, and feed the screaming children.
1: Literally my thing now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now children, okay. Listen,
1: having four cats is equivalent to having two toddlers. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) okay what music have you been listening to
1: okay um so phoebe bridgers put out a new album oh shoot um punisher please listen to it it's goddamn beautiful i keep Um, forgetting
0: too but i love phoebe bridgers
1: it's i mean it's just like i said it's wispy and dreamy it's just oh my god i loved it and so is taylor swift's folklore album um I'm always up in the air about whether I like Taylor or not mm-hmm. because in certain cases she has shown herself to be a white feminist mm-hmm. and I can't be supporting that shit. But there are also other cases where she's shown that she's grown out of that, which I can appreciate. She literally I don't remember what state it was, but I know it was like her home state, like flipped everything. She went out and made sure all of these people were registered to vote and then they flipped it from red to blue.
0: Oh dope.
1: So, okay. <laughs> Taylor Swift hey, support that's not her. Bad. Folklore is really is really beautiful. <laughs> like it just there's, like, a whole bunch of songs on this, maybe 22 or something like mm-hmm. that, and, um, the lyrics are very direct, and then it's also all just so soft and mm-hmm. mellow, like, oh, I loved it. Anyway, listen to Betty. That's my favorite one. Um, Do you have then, a favorite
0: from the Phoebe Bridgers yeah, album?
1: Yeah, I know the end. I really like that one. Sorry. Um, and then Tayana Taylor, she's an R&B artist, uh, really artsy, just really sexy, artsy, cool and she has a song with Erica Badu Ooh. called Low Key. From, and the album is called The Album.
0: <laughs> okay. Tiana Taylor. I'm excited to listen to that.
1: And then I've been listening to Honey by Kehlani because that's one of my favorite songs by her. It's a single that she released in 2017.
0: Okay. Um, I've been listening to Brittany Howard. Um, have you heard of Alabama Shakes?
1: That sounds like country. Ooh. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> well,
0: no. It's like... <laughs> Back oh, it's so me. good! No, <laughs> dude, I'll play you some. You're gonna love her. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's like rock, like uh, rockabilly almost, right? And then, Britney Howard has like this powerful voice,
1: yeah, and like kind of, kind of
0: smoky. I don't know who that is. Who?
1: Lizzie Hale? No, from Hailstorm.
0: Oh, um, a little okay. It is a little more folksy than that, but it's not country music. It's not even close. So I'm gonna actually say Alabama Shakes has a song called give me all your love, which is first of all, the guitar in it is insane and really good. And they just shred. And then Britney Howard herself has a new album that came out, I think early, earlier this year, or maybe last year called Jamie. Um, and she has a couple songs on it that are really amazing. One of them is called 13th century metal. I think that's the one that I'll put on our, um, on our playlist and then the other one is called Goathead, and that one's a really amazing too and then another band I've been really getting into lately is called hop along and that's another like rocky girl we're just gonna we're gonna make this all women this time which isn't much different from the last time so yeah. we've <laughs> we like female musicians here we support our lady musicians so hop along has a really good uh, song called Tibetan pop stars and it's really I feel like rocky. I've heard that before. I don't know, I feel like I've played it on repeat for the past week and a half now. Not that you would have heard it from that, but, um... I don't know. I feel like it's been on like Spotify radios for different. I think I might have heard it on like a Haley Williams Spotify I radio think, or something.
1: I think um, my friend Allison and I write letters back and forth mm-hmm. occasionally when we remember to buy stamps and remember that we are living <laughs> human beings me. and yeah. are functional. Um, and we always put like recommended music and television shows and stuff yeah. that we're watching in the letters. And I think i I think, uh, not me, but I think she put that in one of the letters maybe because I've heard the name of this. Tibet, Tibetan pop Yeah, stars. that's like
0: a title that you don't forget. Mm, yeah, I've heard
1: that before. It's good.
0: It's really, I suggest you listen because you can listen to it on my playlist that I make for us.
1: I have another song from the Taylor Swift album that I think you would like. Okay. It features Bonnie Bear. Oh,
0: okay. It's called I Exile it. and it's really, Exile. it's really good. Yeah. Okay. I'll look that one up for sure um let's see I was gonna do a Sufjan Stevens song but I really like this vibe we have with the ladies what you hipster Sufjan's amazing and I love him um he has a whole album about the state of Illinois so that's why I like him so much oh you're home (laughs) it makes me actually after McMurray closed um I had to I couldn't listen to that album for a long time because it made me cry um so instead of Sufjan, we'll talk about him some other time. I'm going to say there's a song by a band called Hooray for the Riff Raff, and it's called Palante, and it is very um, power ballad and it's it's empowering. I like it a lot. So that is all for my musics.
1: Are going to get into podcasts and
0: TV shows? Yeah. Okay, so the
1: only TV show that I've watched... I watched it literally in one day. Was mm-hmm. upload. On oh Amazon. yes! Holy crap! <laughs> okay, I was I wasn't sure how I was gonna feel about it just because the premise. I was like, uh. and then I watched it. Please watch it. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I'm really upset that I have to. I probably have to wait like another year for a second season. I hate that. It only has 10 episodes. It's such an easy watch and it's just, it's literally this crazy futuristic show, sort of futuristic, and then it kind of shows like how money is overpowers even in the afterlife because I wouldn't want to be uploaded, but the point of being uploaded is right before you die, um, if you purchase this like plan, like any plan, whatever plan they have, uh, you can be uploaded into like... A hotel or something for the rest of your life, it's like this virtual world, mm-hmm. where you are all of your memories, emotions, and everything. So it's almost like you're corporeal, but you're not. You're virtual, mm-hmm. and you can just live on in this like uploaded life. But it costs tons and tons of
0: money. Is it shared with other people?
1: Yeah, there are other what people if you that... get uploaded to the own...
0: same hotel as, like, your ex-wife or something? That would
1: suck! <laughs> <laughs> but you could, you could probably, you could still, if you have the funds, you could still, like, change where you are. Okay, cool, cool. Because um, they have, like, set locations that you can be uploaded to. Okay. The problem was, this is something that you could only do if you had money. And then if you ended up, like, running out of money you'd end up in this like two gig zone where it looks like a fucking prison and you have only got like two gigs a month which means you couldn't even like cry if you wanted to because that takes gigs oh Jesus. like it's it's just so phenomenal please watch this show i was like blown away i wasn't expecting it to be this good amazon prime is where that one's at right yep. cool, cool upload cool. and you can
0: just have the basic subscription it's it's an Amazon original, so watch oh. it. It's just oh. I thought we were talking about for afterlives for a second, <laughs> the basic subscription for oh. Afterlives. <laughs> <laughs> to be uploaded,
1: <laughs> and all, and it's also like trying to figure out the main character dude. Um, <laughs> that was very uh, Big Lebowski, <laughs> but the main character dude, like, <laughs> is trying to figure out how he died mm-hmm. because he was like in a self-driving car accident and and then we learned that his car was tampered with and uh, it was a murder. And then we're sort of figuring out like, who he was in his previous life. He's kind of learning who he was, too, because someone actually manually deleted some of his memories. Ooh. So he couldn't remember the kind of person he was, and he turns out to be a shitty person, and
0: it's Ooh. just... I'm not
1: spoiling anything either, I promise. This is, like, the first episode, but it's really good. Please watch it. Like Morgan, I'm talking to you. Please watch it.
0: I will. I will, You already told me on chat that I need to watch it. I just, you know, I have to get through... Uh, I'm
1: gonna watch what it, I'm gonna it from gonna the talk first... About.
0: Oh, really? really? Yeah. I've only watched 30 minutes of it. We'll get, we'll get to it. it. Sorry. You continue with oh, your podcast and stuff, though. Okay,
1: yeah. Okay, so that's my shows. And the podcast, I just found one called uh, Solved Murders, which at first I wasn't sure I was going to like, because it's like um, vocal reenactments. Oh, interesting. Of the Murders. And it's actually really, okay. really good. Well, yeah. Like, it will, <laughs> but it's like listening to watching a documentary okay, okay, okay. Like where they have the reenactment. Yeah.
0: So, I really, really like it. It's called Solve the Murders? <laughs> Solved Murders. Solved Murder. <laughs> I'm good at listening.
1: And they have like, I mean, they have like writers and everything who go in and like write the full script oh, and shit. everything okay. and they have actors come in and read and it's I really like it. I thought I was going to hate it. I thought it would be cheesy and I'd be annoyed by the bad acting, but Mm -hmm. I actually really like it. (laughs) So, Solve Murders. And then I started listening to Duncan Duncan Trussell's Family Hour, which is the podcast that the the Midnight Gospel is based off of. And if you're wondering what a conversation with me is like, while totally blasted, it is literally that. (laughs) Um, Sometimes completely sober. Um... (laughs) I really like it. <laughs> it's just, it's, he, the way he talks about just makes you think. Some of it's just, like, bullshit, but he's so serious about it that you're like, okay, if this is your <laughs> truth, I understand. And I don't know, I really like, I just really like it. He, like, goes off on insane tangents. Like, he tries to connect everything to, like, something uh. more or something bigger. And I really, really like that optimism.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so definitely ch- check out Duncan Dressel and check out The Midnight Gospel if you haven't already seen it. Um, um, and my other one is This Paranormal Life, which is, like, this really silly... Um, paranormal podcast where uh, at the end of every episode they decide if they think this specific paranormal event is real or fake Mm. it's usually no (laughs) and they research the most ridiculous things this paranormal life yeah
0: That sounds so familiar
1: i probably told you about it before because i've been listening to it it's one of the first podcasts i ever listened
0: to okay yeah i think you have told me about that then yeah i was like this sounds like a familiar concept yeah
1: it's just, it's super funny. It's like a good funny listen. Um, they're like from England, and they're super. They bounce off each other really well. Okay, oh, that's good. <laughs> and they're like BFFs. It's cute. Uh, it's two dudes. Uh, and they have accents. Oh yeah. Sold. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> accents and funny. What? <laughs> um. And then two girls, one ghost. Of course. I'm still oh, yeah. getting caught up. Finally, I'm like in the home stretch. I'm almost completely <laughs> caught up to this podcast. <laughs> they have over 200 episodes. I'm about 140 in. And I think with a good month of listening, I might be able to do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: can do it. Every I even I do you know. it,
1: man. I just want to be caught up with them. Like, I yeah. love Two Girls, One Ghost. Then you have to wait for new episodes. That's true, but then I can focus on another one because oh, on my murder cast I have tons and tons and tons of like murder other murder casts that followed me, mm-hmm. and I want to listen to all of them.
0: Like, Girl, <laughs> I love murder games. Luckily, we murder. work in a setting where we can listen to podcasts. Right. So I do love that. That is yeah. so freeing. Yes. And
1: I just followed another one today. I haven't listened to it, though, but it was a paranormal one, so I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. But nothing, no other paranormal one besides This Paranormal Life, but that's more for laughs, has, like, beat Two Girls, One Ghost for me. Really? Like, I'll try to listen Um, to it, and I'm like, you're not Two Girls, One Ghost. I don't want to listen to you, so, yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) What are you listening to? Um,
0: I actually, like, here, I'll talk about what I'm watching first, because that's more fully fleshed out i'm i'm honestly the only podcast i've been listening to that's not something i've talked about lately is hannibal burris's handsome rambler which i kind of mentioned before the show um i like it it's hilarious he's just literally just talking about random fucking shit (laughs) and i was saying he goes on a lot of rants and sometimes i listen to the rants and i'm like i don't think you're in the right here but i still (laughs) enjoy listening to it it's not like i'm judging him it's just like he was mad because he got poorly rated for leaving a mess at an Airbnb. And I'm like, well, you know, you probably yeah. <laughs> left a mess at an Airbnb. So, <laughs> you don't really get but, to um, say that you did But it's funny. I like him. I broke your pen. You can have <gasps> my pen. You can have my pen. Oh. I just realized that my pen was hiding in my hair the whole time. <laughs> I'm going to give it oh, to you. What are you doing? I am so sorry. I'm a bad friend. I'm going to oh. give you this. It's darker you purple. You actually did break it. Okay, this one was,
1: like, running out of ink. It's, like, all the way up there. Okay. I can actually stick this in another pen.
0: Okay, I'm it's still okay. gonna give you my pen. No, that not give me your pen. You keep your pen. Is <laughs> so gonna be the so, intro? <laughs> Us being Midwest me, nice. <laughs> me apologizing for everything. <laughs> Handsome rambler. I have another purple pen. I'm gonna at that. buy you another one next time. No, before. you don't have to. <laughs> no, I'll hide it somewhere in your room and you'll never find it. Um <laughs> what's the point? I don't know. <laughs> Just to clear my unconscious. conscience. This isn't about you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um Hannibal Burst thanks. Um and then honestly as far as TV goes I've not been like oh wait, yeah I guess I've watched some some stuff. So I watched Honey Boy. <gasps> oh I love oh, Honey Boy, Boy! Honey Boy is like so it was a good movie just on its own just me watching it with almost all I knew was that Shia LaBeouf was in it and that it was like an Amazon Prime original so I knew it was going to be pretty decent as far as quality goes so I watched it and it was really good and then at the end um, when he's like I'm going to make a movie about you one day. And then at the end, like in the credits, it's like, this is based on Shia LaBeouf's real life. I was like blown the F away and it was already a really emotional movie and it made it so much more emotional after I realized that it was realistic to Shia LaBeouf's life. (laughs) Holy shit. I love Shyla Because he first plays his own father. Yeah, which, oh you my know, God. to get the rights
1: for that, my friend um, Dana is the one who told me to watch it because she loves anything Shia LaBeouf uh-huh. is in, anything he does, which is the same.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: she was like, she told me the last time I saw her that in order to get the rights to play his dad, he told his dad <laughs> that. Um, I think he said Mel Gibson was going to play him in the movie. <laughs> he, like, lied to him to get the rights. That's so <laughs> funny. So
0: his dad's still living. I wonder yeah. what he thought of it. Because um, he doesn't really play him in a great light. No, life. he doesn't. Ooh. Anyway, sure He was probably more upset that Shia was playing him <laughs> than, like, how he was portrayed. He Dana. has, like, no muscles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Honey Boy is a really emotionally compelling movie. Um, I also watched I, Tanya*. Oh, that's such a good movie. That is a good movie. That's crazy. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. I didn't actually know much about Tanya Harding before watching it. And, I mean, I knew about the kneecapping. Mm. But that's about it. Um, I didn't realize that she came from, like, such a, like, a not typical bra- background when it comes to figure skating. She grew up pretty impoverished and stuff. And so that was, it was, it was an intriguing movie. I laughed a lot. Margot Robbie did a great job playing. Is that Margot Robbie? Because she looks like three other women. It's like (laughs) Jamie
1: Presley. And then there's one other girl that I watched in a movie called, I don't remember what it is. I just remember the movie was like a bunch of rich people, um, hunting her. And, a, and then at the end, because they, they needed a sacrifice for Satan, and then at the end they Jesus. all just exploded. It's a really great what? movie, actually. <laughs> what is that movie? It's, I will find it, and I will text okay, it to you. It's, you. it's on Amazon Prime. I do know that. <laughs> and me and Emily watched it, and we were like, I thought this was going to be a horrible movie, and this is fabulous. <laughs> like, like, she triumphed. So funny. But I thought that she was Margot Robbie, and then I was like, oh, well, she's not Margot Robbie. She's probably J.B. Presley. This is a whole other person. I will. Mm-hmm. Po- I will literally post this on our Instagram. Like there are four women who all look like f- Margot like, oh, Robbie. The girl, have uh, you white women with big mouth. She basically. just has. She's like a really big yeah. mouth. Have you seen um, Sex Education? No. Oh my God! You haven't seen Sex Education? No. Get out. Okay. Bye
2: guys. Bye. Nice
1: being a Oh my God. <laughs> um, well, there's the girl on that who also
0: looks like Jamie <laughs> Presley, and she looks like yeah, Margot Robbie. And she post looks the like side, side by sides on Oh my God! I will. It's so funny. <laughs> okay cool right. um is a funny move no also i love another thing about Itanya that i love is um oh lost her name as soon as i thought tried to think about it the one the woman who plays her mom is one of my alice and jenny oh yeah Allison she's jenny. one of my favorite she's a dayton, actresses like wait original. she's from dayton yes she is i didn't know that Dayton. i love her have you ever seen um tallulah no, I haven't. Ellen I know you Page keep telling me to watch it. <laughs> I just love it so much because <laughs> Ellen Page is in it and Alice and Danny is in it. So it's a good movie. Um, they Steal a Baby. Um, oh. <laughs> it's cute. Um, so anyways. <laughs> they Steal a Baby and it's cute. That's a cute baby that right. they steal. <laughs> so uh, the only other thing I've been watching is today on my lunch break I started watching the new season of The Umbrella Academy and I love it already. I was like, I was very like, meh. Nah, I guess I'll watch the new season just because it's out and I'm seeing a bunch of stuff about it on Tumblr and I don't really want it to get spoiled. But I was pretty, like, not super, like... Really? Excited. Well, I wasn't excited. I don't know why. I've just been watching so many other things that like you know, i like, think it's I'm like loved. that like dark apocalyptic thing i was i'm not feeling right uh, now because we're living it yeah <laughs> right yes um <laughs> but i i'm just not like feeling that like dark you know action stuff right now but the minute i started watching it i legit got drawn in during the recap so <laughs> i was like oh like, yeah that happened all, yeah, <laughs> yeah and so um like, none of this is, like, spoiling or a surprise. Um, when Five, like, everybody. <laughs> that's that's a verb right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, when he schlops everybody out of the apocalypse that's happening in modern day, he, like, everybody just kind of gets, like, dropped separately in the 1960s in Dallas, Texas. And everybody's dropped, like, a year apart from each other. And so they're all at different stages when they all come back together at a certain point and so they've all been there for different amounts of time basically 1960s were like a horrible time for women and black people and everyone but i do enjoy the aesthetic of it and so um (laughs) it's interesting I am 30 minutes in. I remember, I I always set an alarm during my lunch because otherwise I'll get, I'll just forget to go back to work. So I always set an alarm and I'm sitting there just like really enjoying the show and then my alarm goes off and I actually like made a noise of exasperation. I was like, (laughs) ah, no, I can't go back to work. I want to watch this. (laughs) So, anyways, um, <laughs> I have a really busy weekend ahead too, so I'll watch it eventually. But it's so far, 30 minutes into the first episode, it's really, really good. I'm enjoying it already.
1: I, like, only remember, like, I don't remember the first season that well, so I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I was just gonna, like, jump into it, but I'm gonna re-watch the first season mm.
0: first, and then I'm yeah. gonna get back it. I mean, it. and the first season's great, too, so I think it, it's worth the rewatch. I rewatched it a few months ago, so I think I'm, I'm You're set. You're probably, I'm like, good. pretty solid. I watched it with everyone else when it first dropped. Mm-hmm. And Which I'm was, like, like, a year ago. Yeah, used, and I'm so. like, I don't... It's just and like when there's anything. a new
1: season of Stranger Things, I go back and rewatch yes. all the other seasons. Yes.
0: The cool thing about this is, this is, once again, not spoiling anything, because it happens within the first five minutes of the episode. You kind of get to see after everyone's been reunited in like the 1960s everybody like their powers are so much more fully fleshed out like ben is able to use his tentacles mm, to get some bad guys yeah. and then um alison is using her powers again and she uh she looks she's like dressed in this really dope outfit and then vanya's just the most badass and uh, even klaus is using his powers to like summon the dead and fight evil and they look so freaking cool So anyways, it's really exciting. I love it. (laughs) There was one day that I went to box lunch, Mm -hmm. and
1: they had a Vanya Funko Pop, and I should have bought it. (gasps) I I knew I should have bought it right then and there. And it was gone the next time no. I went. So no Vanya Funko Pop. She's amazing. She's the
0: best. I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, she's my favorite character. No. It's Ellen Page. is my favorite character. No. Five's my favorite character. No. Klaus is my favorite character. Now, Klaus no.
1: Klaus is 100% my favorite character because anything that Robert Sheehan does, I love. <laughs> He could cough in my face, and I'd be like, "Like I'm like blush." He's really great. I love yeah. Robert Sheehan.
0: No, I th- I do think it's a three way tie between Klaus, Vanya, and Diego. I love all three of them a lot. So that's good. Coughs in my face. He's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. daisy. I just love him. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So the Umbrella Academy. Thirty minutes in. So far, so good. Alright.
1: Have you ever seen? Um, Sorry, just no. one more tangent, I promise. Oh, no, go on. Um, God, there's a show on Hulu that is the same name as a band. The Mis- the... It's not The Misfits, is it? Yes. Oh, okay. There's a show on um, Hulu that's called The Misfits, and it's a British show, and it has Robert Sheehan in it, and it's about them developing about uh, powers, and it's <coughs> a really, really, really good show. Okay. You should check it out. You might yeah, actually really might like, like that it that if you like On Hulu? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. The Misfits. It's... The Misfits. And Robert Sheehan has a dickhole in it, and I love
0: it so much. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just realized I've never talked about flowers on here. Have I? I'm going to. Not right now. Definitely have. Really? I'll re-listen to the episodes. Maybe one of the... I feel like if you did, it would either be Vonnegut or or Dark Places. places. Yeah.
1: Probably, Probably not that I was too drunk
0: to remember. Oh, no, it was fine. Just <laughs>
1: it's, fine. <laughs> it's fine. That was apparently a bad concept for the show, because it all of our just, shows after those were like fair, so much more
0: successful. To be fair, it was the beginning of the quarantine, and yeah. we were. It was ruined. we were like alcoholics back then. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just used to it. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, so yeah, uh, if I haven't, then I would like to actually talk about them and talk about that show in depth on here sometime, but not this time. I feel like All our right. media absorption is really good. We could almost move it to the front. Yeah, you think so? I
1: don't think we could. Well, this has been Goodreads Better Friends.
0: Is that right? I almost said yeah. Better Better Reads Good Friends. Better <laughs> Better Read our good friends. Um, if you want to follow us um, around. You can follow us on Twitter at gr__bfpod.
1: You can follow us on Instagram at goodreads__betterfriends. You can follow us (laughs) on Tumblr at, I I believe it's
0: goodreadsbetterfriendspod.tumblr.com. Goodreadsbetterfriendspod at Tumblr.com.
1: And then you can email us if you've got art, if you've got paintings, music, not music, huh? <laughs> Poetry, uh, I mean,
0: shirt fiction. Just don't send us your rap. Like,
1: <laughs> your rap about your ex girlfriend. <laughs> We're not interested. Sorry. <laughs> you can email us at Goodreads, Better Friends Podcast
0: at gmail.com. Yep. She covered all of them because I'm too dumb to remember any of them. So thanks, Aisha, for remembering all of our stuff that I don't. Did you guys hear her flipping through the notebook? (laughs) Yeah, I was, like, trying to very quietly flip through and find the one page. I need to put a sticky note on it so I can flip to it easily. Um, If you want to follow us individually on Instagram or other social media, um, my Instagram is certified underscore morganic, and I don't have Twitter
1: And mine is I as in your eyeball underscore ish underscore ugh. (laughs) And that's on Twitter, that's
0: on Tumblr, and that's on Instagram. So give us a follow. Yeah, shiggity check us out. Um, We post the show notes on our Tumblr, and that was the Goodreads Better Friends pod at tumblr.com. Um, it's cool because I make playlists out of on Spotify out of these uh, songs that we talk about. So you don't have to rewind and listen to us say the artists again. And we link that I link you to the the personal websites of the authors of the books that we talk about, instead of sending you to Amazon to give Jeff Bezos more money that he doesn't need Bezos? 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 I don't fucking know I only read it and then I cringe <laughs> and get angry So don't give Jeff any more money, give them to the, the publishers probably that, <laughs> that it links Well the to, authors but...
1: get like some kind of portion yeah, of that <laughs> Yeah. And so
0: I also like any of the shows that we talk about I'll tell you where you can find them um, I just try to do a good job of sending you to the different things that we talk about just in case you're curious and you want to learn more um, so please check us out on Tumblr. And I'm Aisha. I'm Morgan.
1: And thank this you is, for
0: listening. This has been Goodreads Better Friends. Thank you for listening. I'm sorry. We love you. Bye. Bye. You love <laughs>